You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 174 of the world-famous award-winning Grave Plot Podcast. What awards have we won? You have to think it into existence, Taylor. Oh, speak it into existence. Yes. <laughs> like LeVar Ball. Yeah, that. Never lost. <laughs> so now the awards will roll in because people like our moxie. Did you ever watch The Secret? The se- No. No. <laughs> I did. Wasn't your ex really into that? That's why I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's this guy and he was just like, I just, you know, thought about checks in the mail. Next thing I knew, checks in the mail. <laughs> Don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And uh, boy, howdy, do we have an episode for you? Just, yeah. Just, Not yeah. good or bad, yeah. but we have one. Yeah, It's an episode. Guaranteed. <laughs> Actually, shouldn't, Put a stamp on it. Shouldn't guarantee knowing our history. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we started recording about five minutes ago, only to realize I was not So we recording. didn't start recording anything ever. <laughs> but we're on track now. Things are going well so far. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, what's up, Taylor? Not a lot. Yeah. Just uh, living the dream, <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. Same as the past 13 months. Right. This is... I feel like there's hope out on the horizon somewhere. I can see it. It just doesn't feel like it's getting any closer. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they're saying uh, that uh, we have enough vaccines or... Sorry. No, yeah. We have purchased enough vaccines to fully vaccinate all Americans by the end of May. And I saw that we are looking at the likelihood of herd immunity, immunity, immunity. Thank you. um, By like mid to late summer. So that's something, but I'll see it when I, or I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I mean, Fauci originally said April and now he's saying June. So, well, I mean, like, you know, it seems like the the, uh, the 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 right has made it their sworn duty to punch holes in everything he says. It's just like he has been the most consistently up to date source since this started. Like he is making his best educated guess on everything uh, with the information available. So it's like, yeah, if he said months ago it was April, 
And, you know, looking at today's numbers and, and perspective, he's saying it's June, then it's probably going to be June. And if it gets to, you know, late May and he says, oh, well, maybe it's going to be August, then that, that looks bad on us, not him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about science is that it's constantly changing. You can't just say, okay, here's a thing. And it's like, well, you're a scientist. So that better be the thing forever. Yeah. It's like science is wrong sometimes. He, uh, you know, like it's like the global warming. It's like, yeah, the planet has been consistently warming since the last ice age. That's why there's no longer. I don't know because we had snow. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't seem very warm to me. (laughs) But no, I mean, like if you can, I mean, people that study geothermics uh, and you know, the planet's history, there has been a consistent warming. Well, not even consistent. There, The planet has been gradually warming since the last ice age, which is why we no longer have an ice age right now, because the planet warmed up. But since the existence of man, and basically since the Industrial Revolution, if you look at the, the gradual incline of uh, the, the, you know, the average temperature of the, of the planet... It skyrocketed since the Industrial Revolution, and even more so. It's like it's it's constantly getting more and more severe of an incline. But it's like, you know, if you would have asked somebody that 100 years ago, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're on a steady incline, but, you know, maybe it's not going to get worse. (laughs) Fingers crossed. You know, based based on history, I can say that this is probably the most... This is probably the consistency in which we're headed for global warming. Little did they know that we we're going to start making SUVs. <laughs> um. So yeah, things change, guys. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah. So just uh, nothing going on. Huh? Um. I mean, well, I mean, I started a second podcast. That's right. Uh, it's a it's a basketball podcast. If there's any sports fans out there, called Hoops Uber Alice Sports Ball. <laughs> sports Center, the place for sports. <laughs> it's called Hoops Uber Alice. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, we are slowly rolling out to all the various podcast networks as well. Um, but YouTube will be live. Podcast will be delayed because it takes forever for podcast or for YouTube videos to process. We were just talking about this earlier off mic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're on uh, we're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, which you know, Great Plot's not on Spotify, so I already got a leg up on them. Yeah, fuck this stupid <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just me and uh, a couple of the guys from Cascadia Sports Network talking about the week in, in hoops. And since uh, the basketball schedule runs like for fucking 13 months in a row, <laughs> then uh, you'll always have something to talk about. It's not even true. Okay, sorry. It's like 12 and a half months. <laughs> That's only this year. When they were like, congratulations, you're the champion. Here's a trophy. See you next week at training camp. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, like, Basketball, soccer, and hockey. Seems like their seasons never end. Basketball runs from October to June. 
And that that's the regular season or including the pl- including uh, the playoffs. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, hockey and soccer for sure. It seemed like they never end. It seems like they play. Well, soccer never ends. Yeah. Because it's like you got the MLS season and then they have the Champions League and then they have, you know, plus you have Premier League in Europe and yeah, there's always soccer going on. That's fucking convoluted. <laughs> uh, and hockey, like, I mean, hockey. Hockey runs almost the exact time as basketball. The, no. Yes. <laughs> I refuse to believe. Okay. Maybe it's just because like, like I would hang out with people that would watch hockey all the time and it's just like I have a skewed perspective of it. <laughs> Like I don't have a real problem with hockey. Like I, I really don't like soccer. Like I have zero interest whatsoever in, ho- in soccer. Hockey, I don't mind so much. It's just like I'm not. That's not something I can watch every week. Like I could sit down and watch football every week, or even maybe baseball. You know, a few days a week. But I cannot sit and watch hockey. You know, pretty much every fucking day for, <laughs> for, you know, nine months or however long. Anyway, that's uh, that's that's me. <laughs> I I can't watch baseball on TV like at all. <laughs> it's really like I I rarely, if ever, watch a regular season game on TV. Like I love going to the games. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's an experience. Um, but like I'll watch. You know, the playoffs or the World Series, if there's a team I'm interested in, in it. Um, But like regular season, it's rare that I watch a game. Especially because my my interest in baseball has kind of waned over the years. So, Yeah, especially since I'm a Mariners fan. (laughs) Yeah, that's disappointing. It's rough. Not only on the field, but now off the field, too. We got to be the fucking laughing stock. (laughs) Um. Anyway, let's see. Is there anything interesting to talk about? Um, if you want to talk about AEW Revolution, we can talk about that. I don't know nothing about that. There's an exploding barbed wire death match on the card. Exploding barbed wire. Yep. That sounds dangerous. It does sound <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> like explosions and barbed wire on their own. Yeah, individually. Dangerous. <laughs> Combine them. And uh, yeah, you got... You got trouble right here in River City. You might say it's a death match. They do say that. <laughs> um. Hey, Bob. Bob made it in. All right. Now we can start the show. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I don't. I I always feel like. We're we're a full year into this thing now, and I seriously still feel like I'm being so lazy, even though there's not really much to do. Like, I mean, things are kind of starting to open up again, um, but it's just like, yeah, I wake up, I work, and then I go and sit on the couch and watch TV, and I, I've been streaming on Twitch. Uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about that on the show before, but like, I'll just stream and, and draw um, and that's been fun. I mean, that's been something to break up with monotony. But as far as like going out and doing things, this just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, like we go, we we've been going on hikes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like not a lot, but maybe like once a month, um, we'll just find a, a hike and go do that for a couple hours. But that's about it. 
just something yeah. you know you're not really around people very much mm-hmm. you can just not really have to worry about touching things and uh breathing on people's faces and yeah stuff. hi max <clears throat> hey hey max hey buddy um yeah you know with Kristen being pregnant um little taylor too <laughs> that's what we call him i knew it <laughs> uh it's just, like even the things that we would be willing to like, go out and kind of you know be able, throw caution to the wind sort of you know and, and go do something even that it's just like with her being pregnant it's like no it's not worth the risk at all uh but it, you know truth be told she gets more outside time than i do because she actually still goes into the office for work so she leaves the home for you know 10 hours a day whereas i don't right <laughs> like this coming up here to your place uh this was like my big event for the week this is my, i put my going out pants on these are your going out pants well these are my only pants because what? you how do you have one pair of pants? Huh? You have one pair of pants? Well, I I own other pants. They don't fit anymore. Oh, it's one of those things. These fit because they're sort of stretchy. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Um. All right. Well, before we get into things uh, regarding the show and not our uh, boring lives. I uh, want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks, two of them, two of them watching right now. Bob left. Bob left. Well, so unlike Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob usually hangs out. He usually, and, yeah, and fucking parties chats. with us. Uh, well, one of them watching right now. Um, yeah, they the these people over on Patreon they help support us financially. Uh, we don't operate an expensive show here, but it does cost money. And we don't have a lot of money because we're so poor. <laughs> Help me, I'm poor. Um, and yeah, but we we have to pay for you know hosting fees and uh, you know our website and all that that fun shit. And believe it or not, we don't sell a lot of t-shirts. And the most of the t-shirts we sold have been to two, us. Who to, to us? Bob <laughs> bought one. Bob bought one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he bought the St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day one. Hey, speaking of which, guys, if you want a fun little shirt for St. Patrick's Day, head over to our shop at sh- shop.greatpodcast.com. It's either shop or store. Okay. Well, Try shop. If that doesn't work, try a store. Or just go to our website and, and click, click, click the store link. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget how much it is, but... Um, oh, 20, 20, 20 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds right. Sounds fair. Um, order it now because our t-shirt printer isn't the fastest it might have sped up now because i think they they're may not have, bad they may have slowed down things because they of were, the pandemic they but. were slowed down for covid but I, they, they've been done pretty well lately okay well you might be able to order it now and get it soon um i'll probably be wearing mine my, in the next episode so you don't get pinches <laughs> you gotta wear your green so you don't get little pinches you pinches like this like this yes bits. i know stop it <laughs> Uh, anyway, Patreon. <laughs> I'm so off track. Um, yeah, those people that we honor on Patreon are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Mac Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, 
for all of your continued support. We love you. Long time. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get perks, including watching horror business live, like Max and Bob as Bob's back. Hey, Bob. Um, Warm. $5 gets your name in the show. More money gets you more things. If someone pays $100, I'll get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. It's been three years, guys. Has it really? I think so. Holy dicks. And still, no unicorn. This is a fundamental issue. At some point, I'm going to pull the offer. <laughs> He'll do it. Uh, okay. Moving along, right? Dig a doon, dig a doon. Okay. I like the song. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, nothing, nothing major to talk about. Oh, uh, something I just want to touch on briefly. We don't have to I get... want to touch on you. Oh. Don't want to get into a long discussion about it, but something interesting that Bloody Disgusting just dropped a little while ago was um, an interview with, um, fuck, I'm totally forgetting his name. The director of, writer and creator and director of uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, anyway, uh, so they had an interview with him, and, and actually, I think one of his co writers, Scott Glosserman. Scott Glosserman. Scott. Yep. <laughs> his friends call him Scott. Um, basically, just talking about uh, the the unmade sequel uh, before the mask, um, which, you know, both of us were pray, you know, hoping and praying for years that they would make it. And it seems like it's, I want it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty Give much me what I want. It's pretty much just dead in the water. Like, I don't think it's going to happen like ever. Um, especially because everybody involved is, is gotten so old, you know, Scott Atkins, he, he passed away. Um, Scott Atkins, right? Why does it sound wrong now that I've said it? I don't know. Herschel from Walking Dead. Keep talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> he he passed away and he played a pretty Wilson Scott Wilson. Pretty sure Scott Adkins is a is a comedian. No, he's a he's a he's a karate guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, Scott Wilson passed away, uh, you know, a few years ago, and he played a pretty, I don't know if like, it wasn't a big role, but a pretty important one, I think, and he was... It sounds like it was pretty, supposed to be pretty substantial in the sequel. You're right. Um, and, you know, every, everybody's gotten so, you know, gotten old, and they've probably moved on, um... There was a a comic book, a short run comic book series that ran. I don't know who's I, who's the guy that played Leslie. What's his name? Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm terrible with names. I don't know why you're asking me. He lost all his hair. That's true. He did. Um, but um, Nathan Basil. That's right. Uh, anyway, but I mean the the he kind of they go into the plot. Of what the movie was supposed to be, and it sounded really interesting. Like basically, is you know for behind the mask, which all, which also was yeah was already such a like a very 
meta, you know, self-aware film uh, before The Mask was supposed to go even further into that wherein they were going to be making a movie, an actual like feature-length film about, like with, sorry, within the film, they were making a film about Leslie Vernon. Huh? About the film. No, stop that. You're confusing me. (laughs) Uh, It was going to be a film about Leslie Vernon and like kind of the, 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 a cinematic version of the, the lore behind him, as well as the things that occurred in the first movie and basically stepping outside of that film production, you have all the people that were actually involved talking about what a farce this cinematic film was, how it's completely off base and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, there's a copycat killer out there actually killing people involved with the film. So it was like... To think about making a, a, a prequel, which is what the name implies, um, I always thought that wouldn't work. I always thought it sounded a little weird. Uh, and with you know, with the plot of the first movie, it didn't seem like it would you know work all that well. But this is actually a sequel um, that sounded like it would have been really good. But because the first movie flopped, uh, it just was dead in the water. Which is disappointing. And I know he tried to... Um, Glosserman, was that his name? Yep. Uh, tried to do a Kickstarter f- campaign, and he actually talks about this in the interview, that um, he wanted to raise $500,000 to make the film because he had somebody, an investor on, on the hook that would match the $500, or $500,000. So he'd have a million-dollar budget to make this, you know, independent film. Um. But he did it through Kickstarter, who takes a substantial amount of money from you when you when you complete your goal. And if you don't complete your goal, you get nothing. Um, so, I mean, he, he even recognizes that he should have done it through Indiegogo instead. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, you know, we've talked about Leslie Vernon a lot on the show, and um, it's it's disappointing that a sequel couldn't be made but at the same time it's cool to hear what it could have been yeah all right anything else you want to say on that no okay let's move on to horror business okay so just a forewarning. This isn't exactly scary, but if you have seen the classic film Waxwork in your head, or House of Wax, also sure, in your head, it could be scary. We talked about this last episode, where like most of real world horror is, but what if? Yeah, I mean, we try to steer away from the things where it's just like, oh my god, we found a mass grave of 20 dead children. <laughs> like, we, we can't make jokes about that. Right. It's a poor taste. So, uh, we, we get stuck with stuff like this. Um, Peter Luger Steakhouse uh, in New York 
has teamed with Madame Tussauds, uh, who, you know, if you're not familiar with Madame Tussauds, they're like the, I think they have at least two locations, probably more. Um, and they are world famous for their wax figures of celebrities and historical figures. Um, the the intricacies and and lifelike aspects of their of their figures are like second to none. Um, but uh, they've teamed up with uh, Peter Luger Steakhouse um, and have uh, put celebrity wax figures in um, the restaurants and and restaurants and bar settings to kind of commingle with uh, the patrons. Because of COVID, you see, right? To give an illusion of 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 uh, fullness interaction <laughs> with people. <laughs> well, I mean, like I can see this being beneficial in that you know, if you can only fill a restaurant to fifty percent capacity or twenty five percent capacity or whatever, if you put a wax figurine couple at a neighboring table, you're still maintaining that six feet right. of distance, but the table looks full. So yeah, it creates an atmosphere of socializing. Plus like people walk by and they're like, is that, is that the Obamas? <laughs> you want to go in? Um, uh, a wax figure of John Hamm, who you may know as Don Draper, mm. the Don Draper. Um, or as the guy with hooks for hands on 30 rock. <laughs> or, uh, Oh fuck. What was his name on Kimmy Schmidt? The Reverend, uh, uh, Reverend Wayne Gary Wayne. <laughs> that I think that was one of his best roles. Like I really liked Bad Men, and, and I thought Don Draper was a badass. But that was like so fucking funny. He's great. Um, you know, for for someone who, who on Mad Men played such a straight straight man, like had like no comic relief in his character whatsoever. Yeah. For some, for him to be so fucking funny, is just like it caught it catches you off guard. Um, but uh, anyway, so a figurine of John Hamm as Don Draper uh, has been installed at um, at the bar. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was installed at the bar, uh, standing there, you know, with his with his uh, um, seven and seven. Is that what he drank? I think so. I know he drank um, uh, Canadian Club. Actually, so I guess that's not really a seven and seven, but he drank Canadian Club whiskey. This is his drink of choice. I don't know. Maybe it was an old-fashioned because, you know, guys in the 60s drank old-fashioned. Yeah, I always thought it was an old-fashioned. Maybe. I mean, old-fashioned has whiskey in it. Well, yeah. Usually rye, but it could be Canadian, I guess. He was also like the only person I can think of in a pop, pop culture TV show who actually looked like they were drinking. You know, yeah. he would take a drink and he'd be like, ah. yeah, as opposed to people who are just like, mm, booze. <laughs> <laughs> the best is when you see people with a clearly empty cup. Oh God, that drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh, Put water in it. Just something, just something to give it some tangible weight so you can, you can feel it when you pick it up. You yeah. Know? It's like, you know, it's easier to fake, you know, you know, drinking something, but picking it up, there's, there's always something about picking up an empty cup, you know? Yeah, you can always tell. I don't I, I don't really know how, but you can always tell. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so da, 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 da. other figures on loan from Madame Tussauds includes Michael Strahan, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, Al Roker, and Audrey Hepburn in Holly Go Lightly of or oh, sorry as Holly Go Lightly of Bref- Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, Peter Luger. Oh man, someone's fucking that uh, Audrey Hepburn one. You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't want that one returned. It's like uh, um, little Kev in uh, um, always sunny. Friday Thirteenth. Oh, oh! <laughs> Remember when you took my virginity? Um, <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna fuck you so hard. I'm like, that is a hard plastic mannequin. Yeah, you're gonna cut the crap out of your dick. Yeah, Assu- like you have to assume either he's like fucking in between its legs or just rubbing himself against it. Unless he like punctured a hole in the back. Maybe. But you gotta like pad that. You gotta, you gotta put yeah, something on it. You gotta make a Mimi. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> uh, Peter Luger uh, in business for more than 130 years will keep the mannequins until Monday. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you're out of luck. Yeah, this does you no good. <laughs> Uh, after that, they returned to the recently opened, reopened Madame Tussauds in Midtown Manhattan. Fun. Too stuff. much fun. But it could be like, uh, or, you know, we talked about talked about Waxworks or Waxwork and uh, House of Wax night at the museum. Sure. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. You think ma- in, you know, at night, they all turn into their actual celebrity selves. Yep. And start fucking partying <laughs> and, and fucking just, each other. Just banging each other's mouths. <laughs> it's this fucking sexiest hollow, uh, Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood party since the fucking 60s. I hope there's more women then. Otherwise, Audrey Hepburn is just getting destroyed. Just <laughs> <laughs> run a train on her. Oh, poor Audrey. Poor girl. Especially if you get a big fucker like Michael Strahan on you. <laughs> Fuck. And Jimmy Fallon in the corner laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's press on. So I've been thinking recently, you know what we need more of? Streaming networks. Yeah. There's just not enough. Yep. You know, there were the days when I had my cable package and I was just like, you know what? Excuse me. <laughs> you know what? That's what he was like. He was like, you know what? <laughs> I was just thinking, you know what, self? I need more out of life. So I got Netflix. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need more. More. More content. So I got Hulu. I'm like, well, this is the same stuff on cable, but I'm going to watch it anyway. And I'm like, I need more. So I got Amazon Prime. And, and then you were like, where's all the Disney stuff? <laughs> Boom. Enter Disney Plus. Right. And Shudder. I need all the horror. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it. And most of it I haven't watched yet. <laughs> So it's the snowball effect. Yeah. You always need more. I love 
seeing uh, these Generation Z kids who are like, man, someone should just package all the streaming networks together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's cable. Yeah. You're describing cable. Mm -hmm. And you know, like something like Amazon is probably the closest thing to that. Or I mean, uh, I guess with the channels. Yeah. Well, Amazon and Apple TV and uh, does Google do, do something similar? No. No? Okay. I think maybe Amazon or um fuck, what am I thinking of? Well, they have YouTube TV, which I guess does similar things. They have like channels and stuff. And you can watch like cable like network shows and stuff. Uh I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. Anyway. Uh but it's like we already have that. Like, you know, you're basically paying the same amount per month as you would to add those channels to a cable package. But it's it's all VOD. I think we've talked about this before, but it's like everything is packaged now. So mm-hmm. it's like you when you get your cable, it's like, well, okay, you know, we'll give you this internet package, but if you add cable, you actually pay $10 less. If you had phone, then it's $20 less. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so if I cancel my cable and then sign up for, you know, YouTube TV or Sling or one of these other ones, I'm paying more than I would just have cable. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you. Anyway, uh, there's a new one coming down the pipe. Actually, it's, it's actually an old one that's rebranded. CBS All Access is now Paramount Plus. Yeah, because you can't sell CBS All Access because when you, people hear CBS, they're like, oh, I can watch... Endless hours of NCIS. Yeah, and the only people who want to do that don't know how to use the internet. <laughs> right. So they rebranded to Paramount Plus. Uh, it, it sounds like they're going to have a lot more and probably better content, including some new horror content, which is always fun sometimes, uh, including, but not limited to, a prequel to Pet Cemetery. Oh, bother. Uh, it's It's a origin story was going to be about the micmac tribe jeff buller (laughs) who wrote the 2019 adaptation uh is also writing the new prequel oh good that's that's awesome considering how good the remake was oh yeah saga uh there's no word yet on plot details but it's a prequel to Pet Cemetery. Uh, the film will presumably tell it a new story set within the world of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, within the, the Pet Cemetery cinematic universe. <laughs> I just I don't know how far back that's going to go. I mean, like I said, are they going to talk about the Wendigo? Are they finally going to introduce the goddamn Wendigo? Who knows? Who knows? Hmm? Who knows? Who knows? No, draw four. Not Uno. Green. You stupid. Uno. You, you big stupid man. I knock. <laughs> Bullshit, you knock. Knock? What? Stand by me. God, okay. I, it, it's been a while since I've seen that. So I, I remember them playing Uno, but I don't remember that part. I don't think it was Uno. I think it was Crazy Eights. It was? Or, or something similar. Yeah. Inst- yeah. They, when oh, that's he, right. When he came down to one card, he knocked. Okay, I don't know Crazy Eights. I never played it. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. <laughs> ah, but it's a tie-in. Uh, Stephen King. Right, that's why I said it. That's, all. <laughs> that's how it came up. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, coming to P+, which is what I'm calling it now. Um, it's good. It's good. 
paranormal activity, whatever the fuck number we're at. I don't know. Eight? Is it eight? Uh, I legitimately think it's eight. It could be eight. Maybe even nine. That's too many. That's, that's, I tell you, Taylor, it's too many. (laughs) Um, we don't need any more paranormal activities. I mean, there, there aren't even that many, uh, well, no, there are. I think, so there are nine Star Wars, like, like the, the core Star Wars. core like the the Skywalker saga, I believe they're calling it. There are nine movies. Those were made over the course of forty years. <laughs> uh, Paranormal Activity came out in what two thousand one. Sounds about right. It's too many movies, guys. Too many movies. Uh, this one will be directed by Will Eubank. I don't know that bitch. Written by Christopher Landon. I don't know that bitch either. Yeah, you do. He wrote and directed uh, both Happy Death Day movies, as well as Freaky. Jeez. This already sounds bad. This is going to be some other Bill Murray movie turned into a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) And called Paranormal Activity. Have you seen this new Frank Grillo movie that's Groundhog's Day? Uh, I saw something on Hulu about it. I... I was like, they're just going to make Groundhog Day in every genre now? (laughs) I saw this trailer um, for a movie. It's like two kids. Uh, Actually, I think it's the girl from Freaky. She's in it. Um, And uh, it looks like these two people just keep like reliving this the same day over and over together. It's kind of like Russian Doll. Did you Mm, watch that? Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was. I kind of expected them to make another series or season of it, but um, anyway, that's the kind of the gist I got from it. Uh, and they just kind of like slowly fall in love over the course of a lifetime in one day, you know. Wait, are you talking about the one with Andy Samberg? No. Palm, Palm Springs? Is that what it's called? I don't know that one. Oh. It has him and the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Um, no, this is that was that was really good actually. No, this one this is a new one. Um, I forget where I saw it. Have I told you recently how masterful your storytelling is? <laughs> Thanks, bud. I've been working on it. Have you, can you tell? Landon and Steven Schneider are EPs with <laughs> with Tommy Bloom and Paranormal Activity creator Oren Pelly producing. Man, fucking Pelly. He's just like, all right, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it, pay me. Fuck my legacy. (laughs) Give me money. Money, please. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you weren't already going to get Paramount Plus to watch some Rocco's Modern Life or something, then here's more incentive for you. By the way, they don't have Pete and Pete. I've checked. Can you, I don't think anything like I don't think any iteration of any like on-demand uh, retro Nickelodeon has ever had Pete and Pete. I could be wrong, but like remember when they started doing uh, the splat? The splat, yeah. I don't think Pete and Pete was ever on that. What the fuck? I think they pretty much just reran the same fucking episodes of like Rugrats back to back all the fucking time, and it was rare that you could ever actually get an episode of like Rocco's Modern Life. <clears throat> Sounds like bullshit. It is bullshit. I want my fucking Pete and Pete. Hell yeah, man. 
I used to have a box set. I wish I never sold it. Idiot. Look at you, idiot. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> All right, so uh, guess what, Taylor? Tell me, tell me. Uh, you know, you may have not heard of this before, but they're going to make a film adaptation of a Stephen King book. Stephen King. Y- you'd recognize him if you saw him. <laughs> oh, wait, was, is he like the uh, the activist? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, it's getting over the course of Stephen King's career, he's written about 5,000 books, Give but or take. yeah. And you know, so many of them have been adapted in one way or another, but there are still so many that haven't go figure. Um, one that has not been touched yet is the talisman, which is a, I can't remember if it's a single book or if it's a series, um, that he wrote actually with Peter Straub. Um, and, uh, it's, it's sort of similar to, um, uh, the dark tower, um, in that it's about a, a, a young boy, a young boy who goes into like another dimension, um, and, you know, goes on adventures and plays tiddlywinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, it's going to be adapted by Steven Spielberg in the Duffs. The Duffer Bros. <laughs> it's like, I love Stephen King, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't have hair, you can totally tell what I'm doing. <laughs> First, I thought you were trying to pop your neck while you were talking, and I was like, you okay, man? Dude, I fucking love Stephen King. <laughs> Uh, series is going to be produced by Netflix. Uh, Matt Ross Duffer are going to executive produce via uh, their Monkey Massacre production studio, uh, while Steven Spielberg will executive produce uh, through Amblin. Um, also, Darren Daryl Frank and Justin Falvey will uh, be on board to produce, um, and of course, Stephen King will executive produce. Uh, which, you know, executive producer means you're getting paid. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Like you put up some money, you allow them to put your name on it, and they pay you. That's, that's what executive producer means. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Um, let's see. Curtis Gwynn from Stranger Things and Walking Dead is on board uh, as a writer and showrunner. Um, so Calm down. Excuse me. Uh yeah, uh, so like a further in-depth uh th- plot synopsis is Jack is about Jack Sawyer, who's a twelve-year-old boy. Um, he uh, takes a fantastic journey through an exalting, terrifying, or an exalting and terrifying quest for the mystical talisman, the only thing that can save Jack's dying mother. But to reach his goal, Jack must make his way not through through not only. Right, God damn it! Make his way not only through across. Thank you, Taylor. Jesus Christ! Fuck you. 
must make his way not only across the breadth of the United States, but also through the wondrous and menacing parallel world of the territories. In the territories, Jack finds another realm where the air is so sweet and a clear man must... <laughs> a clear man? Sweet. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> where the air is so sweet and clear, a man can smell a radish being pulled from the ground a mile away. What a weird analogy. Yeah, and, and who cares about radishes? Like, mm, I love this radish-scented candle. Nobody oh, ever said that ever. <laughs> and if somebody, I don't even make radish-scented candles because nobody cares about what a radish smells like. If you like, put your head on your. <laughs> if you like, pureed a radish and put it under my nose, be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> St- strawberry. <laughs> it's it's mush. And it's, <laughs> it, it smells. Go away. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see. You can smell a radish being pulled out of the ground a mile away, and a life can be snuffed out instantly in the continuing struggle between good and evil. Here, Jack discovers twinners, reflections of the people he knows on Earth, most notably Queen Lara, the twinner of Jack's own imperiled mother. Uh, as Jack flips between worlds, making his way westward, westward toward the redemptive talisman, a sequence of heart-stopping encounters and challenges Heart-stopping encounters challenges him at every step. So, um, yeah. I mean, this, have you read this one? I have not read this one, which is, you know, informs my limping through of the, the plot. I probably could have just spotted off a plot detail if I'd read it myself. But, um, no, I mean, like I said, you know, <clears throat> Stephen King has had so many fucking books over the years, and I've read a good number of them, and this is just not one that I've ever, that I ever got to. Um, it doesn't sound super horror, um, but you do have this continuing struggle between good and evil. Yeah, this sounds very much more like, you know, sci-fi fantasy, kind of like, like I said, the Dark Tower, um, especially with, you know, the, the, concept of jumping between worlds um and uh yeah i think like i said i think this is uh i think the talisman is the first book in a in a either two books or or, or a trilogy I, i don't know for sure um but uh we have to assume this is probably going to be a, a like a, at least a a limited series, if not an ongoing one. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's Amblin Television is producing it, so I... Well, there you go. Well, and it's Netflix. Yeah. Because that doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> Netflix is movies. Right. Um, but I, I feel like they're trying to make more shows rather than movies. I feel like everybody's doing shows more now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easier to get a show made on a streaming service than on network TV, I think. Yeah, you know, it, the, the, I like how DC is like, hey, we're going to give you a new version of Lois and Clark with these these two randos, and then Disney is like, okay, well, we're going to make an Avengers movie starring Chris Evans and and Robert Downey Jr. or a mo- uh, TV show. <laughs> They're not doing that, but it's just an example. Uh, well, I mean, like, I, uh, like Marvel's TV shows are like full on canon with the movies, with like same cast and everything. Yeah, no, that that is definitely um whereas DC is just limping out these dude, like I could talk to you for an hour about the whole fucking nightmare that is Warner Brothers and DC Comics. And the the, the biggest problem is at the top 
with AT&T. AT&T owns Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers owns DC. Not just DC Films and DC TV. They own DC Comics and all their properties. Um, and so the guy at the top, the guy who, the guy at and who manages WB, he just sees DC as a liability. Like they own all the characters for the films so they can just make films and TV shows. He is trying as hard as he can to strangle DC Comics until it dies like a fucking bull testicle. <laughs> Why not sell it off then? Yeah, and that, that's that's what like a lot of the comic book world is saying. It's like if you don't want it, sell it to somebody that will do something with it. Yeah. Instead, DC Comics is just going to hell in a handbasket. And that informs why their whole continuity with the films and TV show is just all over the fucking place. That's why you get things like, uh, you know, fucking Jared Leto playing the Joker and Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. But they're not, they don't have anything to do with each other. They're not the same Joker. And now I think they're going to try and, I mean, they're going to start doing the whole multiverse thing. And I think it's going to get more convoluted and stupid. Good. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, let's stop talking about that. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, I like I said, this is just, it's so, like like any Stephen King book or series, you know, it's very uh, in-depth. It's got a lot, of, lot to it. Um, so, I don't see this, I don't see you being able to do this justice in a film. So I'm, I'm definitely expecting this to be some, like at least a limited series. So, um, but yeah, no other details on that as far as a release date or anything. Uh, sounds like they're just kind of getting the gears to, to turn on that. But, um, but Spielberg and dudes from stranger things. Fuck it. Pretty good combo. Yeah. All right, uh, they are remaking again, I guess. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You may remember there was a pseudo remake of this called Silent Night a while back, which wasn't half bad. Was not that it was better than I expected. It was better than the original. I'm sorry. Hmm. I know those the, them's fighting words, but damn it, <laughs> that original <laughs> was so fucking hokey. It was. <laughs> It was very much a sign of the times. Yeah. Uh, this is coming from Orwo Studios and Black Hanger Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original film's producers, Scott Schneid and Dennis Whitehead of Wonder Wheel Entertainment, will be joining Orwo. I, th- I believe one of these is like a visual effects studio. I'm not sure which one. Uh-oh. Uh, the project was brought to Orwo by producer Anthony Mazzi of Mazzi Media, who said, We are thrilled to be working with the original producers as well as Orwo and Black Hanger and are committed to honoring nostalgia for the original while offering surprises for new audiences to discover and embrace. So are they changing the entire movie then? <laughs> yeah, that's what they do now. <laughs> I mean, like... You know, you could take like Blumhouse, who will take, please take, take a movie, get it? Take Blumhouse, please. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, take my wife. She don't respect me. <laughs> respect is nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Blumhouse will take this movie and, and then they, they'll lay it on our table and be like, okay, let's take out that and that. Let's just get rid of the whole thing. <laughs> here's a, here's a new idea, but we're going to use that title. Keep the title. Yeah. People will come if they see that title. Yeah. Case in point. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Perfect example. Had yeah. nothing Nothing to do with the original. Except the name. Right. And like, people don't like the remake, the one they made in when it was like 2006 or something like that. Yeah, because it was bad. I mean, honestly, I don't really like Black Christmas. I think I talked about that in our Patreon review. Like, it's, it's the one that never saw the light of day. <laughs> did we never put it out? I, that might have been the last one we put out, actually. I think maybe we did put that one out. I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> anyway... Uh, I've never really cared much for Black Christmas, to be completely honest. I thought the remake that they they did in the mid two thousands was about on par with the original. I, I'm not like a diehard for the original either. But I, I didn't think the remake was good either. Fair enough. Um, uh, Home dudes from Wonder Wheel, uh, Schneid, Schneid, and Whitehead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> terrible last name. Um, they said the continued desire for horror content and the ongoing success of the genre meant it was the perfect time to be able to offer up this chilling revival of the iconic title. Is it? Um, no. <laughs> because, like, we already got the remake. Uh, I mean, they changed some elements, but I think all in all, the, the, the core uh, plot was in, intact. Right? I mean, unless yeah, I'm for, remembering for it for wrong. The most part. Um, and it was, like I said, a decent film. It wasn't, oh, like, you know, like, hands down the best remake ever or anything like that. But it was a decent film. Um, and just, like, the, the need to remake it again. Like, less than a decade later. Like, wh- why? What, what purpose does this serve? Money. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I just love how they, they they try to sell it. It's like, oh, this is what people want. Like, no. This is what you think people will pay you for. Yeah. Uh, so this will be coming down the chimney in 2022. Their words, not mine. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Uh, 2022. So that was bad, and you should feel bad. Um. I mean, maybe we'll keep an eye on this. We'll see. Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, y'all get up, how'd they get so lit up? Gosh, y'all get up, how'd they get that size? Okay, so um, in the world of Jeepers Creepers, you know that Uh-oh. movie. Uh, that was directed, or there's actually three movies that were directed by a pederast. By a, a, a real-life creeper. <laughs> um, so Screen Media, uh, who put out Jeepers Creepers 3 in 2017, has announced a new film 
which I believe is just going to be called Jeepers Creepers again, right? I believe it's like Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Okay. Um, yeah, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Okay. So this is also from Orwo and Black Hanger Studios. A what? What? <laughs> um, yeah, so they announced um, the intent to release the fourth installment of the franchise sometime this fall. Um, good news, guys. Petter asked free. Victor Salva has nothing to do with this movie. He's not involved in the production. Uh, well, so I don't know what kind of rights he retains. That's what I was wondering. Because if he re- retains rights to characters or concepts or anything, he's going to get paid. He's going to get money, yeah. Which is unfortunate. But he is not involved in production. He's not directing. He's not starring. Nothing. So that's something. Which is good because, you know, when he diddled that little boy, it was a boy on his, one of his sets. Right. But, you know, it's problematic because Screen Media, who is making this film, also released the third one. Uh, after being fully aware of uh, Saba's and you know his his history, and they did it anyway. Yep. And like I don't I don't really know the the fallout from that, but it seemed like the general consensus in the horror community was like, "Fuck that movie." Yeah. Um. I mean, I never saw it. Me neither. Which is unfortunate because I liked the first two movies, mm-hmm. but this was before I knew what a piece of shit Salvo was. Don't diddle kids. <laughs> it's no good diddling kids. Wouldn't do it with anyone younger, younger than my, my daughter. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be big. <laughs> um, a new team was brought on to tell what is being described as the beginning of a new trilogy. Uh, Timo Vornasola, known for the Iron Sky series. Is there more than one of those? That's one with the robot. It's, that's uh, Iron Giant. No, yeah, that, that's the one with like the fucking demons and Nazis, I think. Hmm. Uh, I, I just didn't realize it was a series. I thought it was just one movie. Um, anyway, he was asked to direct with Sean Michael Argo writing. What do you say? I think he said yes. Oh. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> uh, the plot follows a couple, Chase and his girlfriend, Lane, as they attend Horror Hound, which is a real horror uh, convention. It's in, like, Cincinnati or something, right? Is it? Yes. I don't fucking know. So there's Iron Sky, Iron Sky colon The Coming Race, and The Ark colon and Iron Sky Story, which is in post-production. Interesting. Wait, Jeepers Reborn is in post? They made this thing already? Well, if it's coming out in the fall, I'd assume so. Oh, the only cast listed is Steve Jones as Creepy Clown. (laughs) Well, you gotta love Steve's creepy clown work. I don't remember any clowns in Jeepers Creepers. Why is there a clown? It's not. A, I mean, it's clearly not a remake. But it's still got to have the fucking creeper in it, right? Maybe it's just the guy at the convention. Maybe it's just Victor Salva just creeping around. Yeah, totally. 
Chase and his girlfriend Lane attend Horror Hound, which is a festival held for the first time in Louisiana. Okay. So yeah, I was going to say, I was reading ahead and it said it was in Louisiana. I'm like, Horror Hound's not in Louisiana. But it's being held. It's uh, being held for the first time in Louisiana, and it attracts hundreds of geeks, freaks, and diehard horror fans from far and wide. It is in Cincinnati. Okay. It was in, well, it was in Indianapolis last year, or it would have been, maybe? I don't know if it happened. Well, so it travels then. Guess so. Okay. Um, but who would, like, how do we not have a cast if this is done? If this has been filmed? How is there no cast? I don't know. Except for Steve. I don't know, Taylor. Oh, Stevie answers. Jones. Stevie Creepy Clown Jones. You know, Steve. That's what they call him at the barber. Right. <laughs> uh, as the, the event approaches, Lane begins to experience unexplained premonitions and disturbing visions associated with the town's past. In particular, local legend slash urban myth, the Creeper. Ah, uh, there he is. Well, he's part of it. Yeah. He, he may not be he's in, in it, there somewhere. He's, he's a legend. Yeah. No. He is legend. <laughs> Arise, chicken. And ultra mega chicken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> say it all together. Man, I want a BillyWitchDoctor.com tattoo, but I feel like that might not be well received. Probably not. Like, unless people, like, knew what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you say funny thing. <laughs> uh... uh <laughs> say, say so Lose meaning <laughs> Now kiss deeply With tongue <laughs> As the festival arrives And the blood soaked Entertainment builds To a frenzy Lane believes That something is Something earth, unearthly Has been summoned And that she uh, Is at the center of it So what's this R.E. shit I'm gonna say Canada Fucking Canada I'm blame Lisa for this. <laughs> it's probably those fucking upcountry D-Gens from Quebec. I fucking hate D-Gens from Quebec. Um, Good fishing in Quebec. Great fishing in Quebec. I love Quebec. I hate Quebec. Uh, details on the cast have not been announced, and it's currently unclear if Jonathan Breck, who played the Creeper in the three original films, will be returning. Uh, I'm trying to decide how important that is. Not very. I mean, he's he's under so much makeup. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a Freddy Krueger type thing. Anybody could play him. Well, no, that's not true. Um, it's like a Jason thing. Yes. Anybody could play him. Yeah. Uh, it's also unclear whether the film will be a continuation of the original trilogy or if it will be continuing, continuing the plot line set up in Jeeper Creepers 2 and 3. I'm not sure what that's referring to. It's been a while since I've seen the second one, and I haven't seen the third one, so I'm not sure what they're referring to. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see this. Like I, like I said, I liked the first two movies, and I never saw the third one because of because of Sava. But if he's not involved in this one, then I might be a little more interested. I do, like I said, I do have reservations about screen media still being involved because of their lack of scruples in, in uh, releasing the third one. But I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it, it does have Steve Jones as a creepy clown. So, you know, reprising his role as creepy clown. Right. From other such films as creepy clown. 
and others. Neat. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm not like, fuck yeah, Jeepers Creepers is back. But like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll keep an eye on it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this isn't something like I'm doing backflips about, like, you know, it's like if they're making another Friday the 13th or if they're making another... Uh, now I want them to make another Friday the 13th just so I can see you do a backflip. I, I might hurt myself. You, prob- you will definitely Very hurt badly. You will definitely hurt yourself, yeah. I was watching Scrubs the other day, and I can't remember what exactly prompted him, but he Cox was so ha- uh, happy about something. He's that, like a backhand spring. Well, he's like, I'm going to do something that I haven't done since college. <laughs> and he does a backflip and just lands on his face with, I think, Carla and Turk and I think Elliot were standing there. He's like, <laughs> did I stick it, guys? Did I stick it? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah, like, I like Jeepers Creepers, but I'm not, like, a diehard fan. Again, mentioning the fact that I didn't bother to see the third one. So, But did you see the third one? Taylor, I'll tell you, I did not see the third one. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you had. All right, moving on. We were talking before about how uh, Child's Play is coming to the small screen in the form of a sci-fi series called Chucky. Uh, it has. It's added, true. We have talked about that. We've talked about it so many times. Yeah. People are like, shut up about the Chucky. It's like always with the Chucky. Stop it. Well, let me tell you, this story is worth hearing because they have added horror icon. And we're like, never gonna stop me. I'm never gonna stop. Because <laughs> we're Rob Zombie. Yep. Mutually. That was, that was <laughs> Together we are Rob Zombie. Remember that was Edge's theme song for like a month? <laughs> yeah. It was like, you think you know me? Like, shut up, you're not tough. <laughs> uh, they have added horror icon, the legendary, from such classics as Final Destination and Idle Hands and Casper, the one, the only, Devin Sawa. <sighs> Thunderous applause. Hey, thunder. Uh, (laughs) 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 Sawa has landed, quote, a major role in the series, uh, noting that he actually plays a set of twins. I love a good set of twins. (laughs) (laughs) And twins. Uh, So, yeah, double the Devon. You gotta be excited about that. I don't know if I can handle that much, Devin. That's so much Sawa. Oh man. Hashtag so much Sawa. <laughs> now I need a sitcom called So Much Sawa. <laughs> um Sweet and Sawa. Oh my god, this shit writes itself. <laughs> I hate you so much. The cast will also include Zachary Arthur of Transparent, Tio Briones of Ratchet. Uh, Bjorgvin Arnerson from Penis. 
That's, uh, <laughs> that's pen 15. Um, for those of you at home. And Olivia Allen Lind of The Young and the Restless. I don't know any of these people. And Not by watched... name. Maybe if I saw them. Yeah, maybe. Like, I've never watched Transparent. Uh, oh, Ratchet. I watched Ratchet. Uh, I can't place who that is. Uh, but yeah, Bjorgen. Oh, he's a little kid. Bjorgen Jorgensen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. I've watched Pen15. I have no idea who that is. Um, and yeah, I totally watched Young and the Wrestles, though. I definitely know who Olivia who Allen Lind is. <laughs> yep, that one. Why? Who spells Olivia like that? Douchebags. <laughs> Fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, luckily, Brad Dorif will be voicing Chucky, and Jennifer Tilly is also on board as Tiffany. Hey! This is coming from creator Don Mancini, as well as Nick Antosca, who is behind the sh- uh, Channel Zero show. Uh, Chucky is expected to arrive later this year. It's been described as a fresh take on the franchise that will explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely afforded by the television series format. I don't know what to think of that. I th- that sounds like bullshit. That sounds me. like rhetoric, yeah. Because uh, we've had so many movies at this point. We know who Chucky is. We know his history. Like, even more than we probably ever would have. Because, you know, when we saw... Um, uh, Cult? Curse? Curse of... Yeah, Curse of Chucky. Um, th- that was the first new one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Curse of Chucky. Um, and, you know, we saw about his relationship with... Um, I forget her character's name. Fiona Dorf's character. Um, Chiquita. Her, yeah, yeah, Chiquita's uh, <laughs> character. You know, little Chuck. <laughs> right. Chiquita. Um, yeah. I don't know. That sounds a little silly. Like, I, I don't think that we're actually going to get that much out of this show <laughs> as they're proposing. Nika, what's her name? That's right. Uh, Plot-wise, it says, after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings, as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster. So we're getting... Uh, Chucky's like childhood story sounds like apparently which I'm pretty sure is just problem child (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably they should just use clips from problem child but with less Charles Grodin (laughs) he wasn't in that wasn't that Charles Grodin that was John Ritter bro oh John Ritter yeah yeah okay more more John Ritter oh yeah always more John Ritter always more John Ritter Pull your finger out of your ass. I think maybe I was thinking of Beethoven. <laughs> uh, maybe you're thinking of Martin. That, that was probably it. It was probably Martin. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Clifford. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. I, was, I thought you were talking about the Martin Lawrence show. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Charles Grodin was never on that. But sure. Yeah, Martin. Maybe he was. Damn, maybe, Gina. Maybe he had a guest role. As that crazy honky next door <laughs> or something. Dude, they use that word so many times in Scrubs. It's like, oh, okay. 
so so it's like that. <laughs> Funny things that you realize about shows that you love when you rewatch them with modern eyes. Man, I I can't be offended at honky. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. It's just it's such, like, it's such a silly word. Yeah, it is. And like to me, it's so innocuous. Like I'm not offended by honky. I don't find it. I don't think it's an offensive word. Uh, but some people probably would, and so people are gonna fucking throw a fit about it. Yeah, whatever. <sighs> anyway, right. anyway, that's it for horror business. It is. We got there, guys. And yeah, you know, only an hour. Well, hour and twelve minutes. Not so bad. Not so bad. Okay. Um, that was loud. That was loud. I feel like my mic is louder than usual. Maybe your face is louder than usual. Got me. You got me so hard. Okay, so we're going to do some film reviews now. All right, guys, so today we're going to be talking about two brand new movies. Um, One is from... Uh, Jill Kivarzian, I think is how it's pronounced. I I did like one of the like how do you pronounce this name things, and they said Gavargazian because there is that other G in there. There's a second G. Okay, so they said Gavargazian, but I don't know. That doesn't really roll off the tongue all that no, well. No, it doesn't. Jill Six. <laughs> like now we know why she goes by Jill Six. Does she still go by that? Um, I believe her her IMDb says Jill Six Gavargazian. Nationality is that? Um, Armenian, maybe. Are you Polish? <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So the stylist, uh, which was originally a short film, um, this one's not even out yet, and we got it. Shout out to Arrow Films. What up? We finally got one of these emails of a movie we actually wanted to see. <laughs> And also uh, the new Dread production. Dread. Uh, Sacrifice starring Babs. Babs Crampton. Okay, so Taylor, which one do you start with? Let's start with uh, my sacrifice. in the will and I'm next of kin so it's sat empty for 25 years I am lensman Renata Nikwa local sheriff why don't you come to my house for supper tonight and I can fill you in on your family history that is a striking piece of art in Sofandi local myth Iceland has its elves Ireland has leprechauns, the rest of Norway has its trolls, and we have this lovely fellow. And what does the writing say? We just call him the slumbering one. I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was anybody out there. Isaac! Why would we leave this place? I am pregnant, okay? I need to go. Oh, my 
mighty slumbering one, I call to thee. Take my blood, my flesh, my body, my soul. Okay, so Sacrifice, like I said, is a movie brought to us from Dread, which, of course, is the new name for Dread Central Presents. I want to know if this was originally, like if, if this movie was this script originally, or if they wrote, because they said it was based on a short, by, a short story by someone, Paul something. Paul Kane. And the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Right. I want to know if they just originally had a script and Babs was like, but what if we made it a more Lovecrafty? <laughs> she does love her Lovecraft. I think she's at the point of her career where she's like, I will only make movies if they are based on H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about this when we did uh, Castle Freak. It's like there was no like classic Lovecraftian elements in the original Castle Freak. I'm talking like Cthulhu, talking like, Elder Ones. Yeah. All that stuff. None of that was there. But damn it, they got it in there. Like it worked. It, it, it in the remake, it worked. It didn't seem like it was, you know, shoehorned in there. Too ham fisted. Yeah, it was a little ham fisted. It was like, oh, this statue of Cthulhu fell on you. Yeah, I mean, if you walked into a castle and saw a statue of Cthulhu, and it like wasn't like some you know, sci fi geek, I'd be like, um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What's that about? Like, even if you weren't aware of Cthulhu, like, if you lived within a movie where Cthulhu wasn't this, like, pop culture thing, uh, and you saw that, I'd be like, um, that, that's unsettling. How much to have that removed? <laughs> that is a weird squid demon. I don't want that here. I don't want that in my home. <laughs> Anyway, is that is that a kraken? <laughs> I don't know what a kraken looks like. To be honest, is that it? Is that can can we call it a kraken? Um. Okay. So is it Squidward? Is that is that Squidward? <laughs> Why is there a statue of Squidward? Is there are there SpongeBob statues somewhere else in the home? Is there a Gary statue? <laughs> Something, Go something, ahead. Patrick. <laughs> Go ahead, get it all out. No, that's all I got. Okay. Sacrifice, starring Scott Stapp. <laughs> no, Taylor. Uh, I mean, starting most notably by uh, Barbara Crampton or Babs, as she likes to, be as called. she likes to be called. <laughs> um. Also, Ludovic Hughes. And Sophie Stevens, both British actors playing Americans in a Norwegian town. Yep. <laughs> Sophie Stevens, that name sounded so familiar to me. And I looked her up and she hasn't been in anything else that I've even heard of. So I don't know if there's another Sophie Stevens. I mean, it's kind of a generic name. It is. She hasn't been in much. No, she has not. Uh, anyway, so, uh, this movie opens up, uh, 
with uh, a young boy in his bed. Actually, sorry, I guess it opens up with a woman washing blood off of her hands in a kitchen sink, crying. Um, just crying and crying. Just so crying. sad. <laughs> uh, and it cuts to her, you know, rushing into her, her her son's room, waking him up in the middle of the night, um, and you know, uh, what's the word? Spiriting away in the middle of the night. Um, they get on a charter boat to leave this place that they're in. Um, and that's kind of all we get from this opening scene. Not much to go on. I mean, if you're intuitive, you can tell, okay, this woman appears to have killed someone and she's now escaping, but that's all we really get. Um, from here, we basically flash forward. Was it 25 years? Is that what it is? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and this, this boy who was taken, Isaac, uh, is now returning to his homeland, which, you know, we find is um, uh, Norway, or an island off of Norway. Um, and uh, he's bringing along his pregnant wife, Emma. Um, so they're returning to this home that we saw him and his mother leave in the beginning of the movie, uh, because apparently his mother's passed away. He, she left him the house in the will, and now he and his wife are coming to kind of see what kind of condition it's in with the intention of selling it. Um, so, I mean, he, they get there, and honestly, from there, it kind of goes the way you probably expect it to. It's, you know, he, they're two Americans. What was the last Lovecraft thing we, we watched? Castle Freak. I guess that, oh yeah. Yeah, this go, kind of goes along the exact same path. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, like they inherited this house. It's a house instead of a castle, but mm-hmm. they inherited this house in another country and they go and then like one of them starts to kind of pull away and then, then like there's some weird supernatural things that don't really get explained and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, Lovecraft's like, a hack, man. <laughs> All the stories are the same. Well, it's just like, I feel like so much of the, so there are so many Lovecraft inspired. Lovecraftian. Yeah. Lo, you know, all these Lovecraft inspired movies and, 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 fil, uh, and stories and all this. They're so in, like they, they, I feel like they draw very heavily off of the same story. Yeah. And that shadows it over, over Innsmouth. Yeah. It's always the same story. This person from out of town comes into this, you know, they're, they're, town of birth or, or whatever they find they you know are they have this heritage and this weird you know cult or, or, or organization or whatever is whatever weird thing is going on in this town um and you know if they happen to bring somebody with them they are either you know drawn into it you know, as kind of like a, a, a weaker half of the of the couple or something, or they're the stronger half and they're they're the anchor trying to reject it. You know, and that's that's really what this movie is. It's just the same story over and over. Yeah. Um. It. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Isaac. You know, he they come to this this town, which is the town of his his birth. 
where he lived for the first, what, you know, five to ten years of his life. Couldn't really tell how old the kid was at the beginning, but um, he he comes back to town and he kind of has a run-in with some locals until they find out who he is. Apparently his mother changed the family's last name when they uh, immigrated back to America. Sounds like his mother was American. Um, and, uh, they find out that, oh, you're actually, you know, Isaac, you're not Isaac Pickman, you're Isaac your dad, your dad. This whole, that's what it was. This whole interaction was so bizarre to me, right? He walks into a bar. The bartender is immediately a dick to him. Yeah. He's just being a dick back for no apparent reason. I mean, they're both being dicks for no apparent reason. Yeah. Third guy comes up. He starts being a dick. Finally, the, uh, um, uh, Isaac. I wanted to say Jesse because I was thinking Jesse Pinkman. Mm. Um, he, he's like, we, we want calamari. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, like, what's happening The here? other guy's like, fuck your calamari, and then slams his head into the bar. And this whole time, his wife or fiance, whatever she is, she's like, can we just leave? And he's like, no, I want calamari. So I'm getting my fucking fish. And I'm like, just leave. Why would you want to stay in an establishment that's treating you like this? Yeah. Yeah, and we they, need a beer and a juice and calamari. They have that elsewhere, I promise you. Yeah, and like the 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 initial in- interaction between him and the bartender was so off. Like he walks in, you know, you go into a foreign country and you don't speak the language. You go in and you say, "Excuse me, do you speak English?" Innocuous enough. Yeah, and the guy's like, you know. Do you speak Norwegian? Yeah, do you speak Norwegian? He's like, uh, well, no, sorry. And he's like, well, if I'm if you don't speak Norwegian, why should I have to speak English? And the guy's like, so you don't speak English? It's like, he's speaking English to you right now. And he's like, of course I speak English. Everyone fucking speaks English. <laughs> it's like, I think next to Mandarin, it's the most widely spoken language in the world. Probably. Um... Anyway, I remember talking to somebody once and they were like, every other country in the world speaks two languages. And I'm like, yeah, but one of them is English. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that speaks very poorly of our educational system. Well, yeah, but I mean, if everyone speaks what we speak, then we're not, we're not really inclined to learn other languages. I mean, we still should, obviously, but yeah. But no, we got to throw our big dick around and be like, <laughs> you speak my language. Well, I think, I think, I mean, we're getting a little off base here, but uh, I think the major issue is that in other countries, kids start learning other languages uh, like in like their primary years, like when they first start school, they start learning it. Yeah. Whereas, when did you take a foreign language? High school. Exactly. You were 16, 17. We got her, maybe 15. We got her niece, who is a, a baby, like, like one of these. Um, <laughs> one of these little things? <laughs> um, we got this book called... You've, you've seen babies. It's called No Me Comes uh, Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little extreme for a baby. <laughs> that means don't eat me, Chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's about a, a goat, and the Chupacabra wants to eat the goat. <laughs> And the goat's like, why don't you eat some vegetables? And the chupacabra's like, no, I want goats. It's like, do you not, do you not get this <laughs> chupacabra? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's in English and Spanish was the whole point of that Got story. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, 
it's your 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 brain. I mean, this is just basic physiology or um, biology. Your brain loses elasticity as you get older, which is why it's so much easier to learn things when you're younger than it is when you're older. Yeah. And so you know, when you're not starting kids in a, in a foreign language at a young age, it's harder. You know, when they're you know basically close to adulthood, uh, learning learning a foreign language, it's like it's damn near impossible. Yeah. Like, how much Spanish can you actually speak now? I can say no me comes to work out. It's like I had the benefit of you know spending a good deal of my life in Los Angeles or you know in the LA area with a lot, a lot of Mexicans. So just like, you know, basic conversational Spanish was around me a lot. Right. So I think maybe I know more than a lot of peop- other people like me do, but I just, I had that. Honkies. <laughs> yeah, you know, honkies. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. Uh, Yeah, he finally, like, eventually, um, Emma says... You know, because he, they say, why don't you go back to where you came from? Mm-hmm. And she's like, he is coming back to where he came from. He's he was born here. Yeah. So like, what's your last name? And he's like, Pikmin. Like, oh, we have so many Pikmins in Norway. <laughs> let me tell you. And she's like, Jorstad. His name is Jorstad. And they're like, oh, Jorstad. Let me buy you a beer. Right. So it's and like, some calamari. And it's like at no point she's like, that was weird, right? <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> because like, if it were me, if that happened. Uh, and Kristen was like, that was weird. I'm like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so I assume they have their beers and their calamari. And actually, he gets shit housed with, with these two guys that were just giving him crap. Yeah, he gets trashed. <laughs> and uh, she, she drags him home. Um, and then, yeah, the next day we're introduced to the, the local uh, authority. Bobby. The local Bobby. The local Bobby. <laughs> She's like the police chief. Or she says sheriff. I don't know if that's a, a, the correct term, but she's the head of police in, in this town, or probably the only police, I would guess. Uh, Renat Nygaard, played by Babs. Um, and she wants to talk to Isaac about what occurred the night that they left this town 25 years ago. And this is when it's first uh, conveyed to him that his mother... His mother. <laughs> killed his father. His father. <laughs> you know, you were telling me the other night, that, or I, presumably when you were watching it, that uh, her accent was all over the place. It seemed pretty consistent to me. Seems to me like she would... Like, whenever she started talking, she would have this accent... And then she would kind of slip out of it until she said mutter or fodder. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I, I'm definitely no linguist or, or speech expert or anything like that, but it sounded pretty authentic to me. Like, oh, you're wrong. Okay. Well, fuck me, right? <laughs> and you know, Actually, I noticed something here in, in the IMDb what, trivia or whatever it is, that she actually worked with a speech coach to kind of nail down her dialect. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I saw other reviews, too, that were just like, it's adorable to watch Barbara Crampton stumble through a Norwegian accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, you make jokes about Scandinavian people, and you're just like, oh, hey, The Swedish chef. Yeah, but, like the Swedish chef. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, that's like Swedish people. 
And right. I think sort of maybe people from like Denmark kind of sound like that. But it's, it's not like an like a, 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 an overarching Scandinavian accent. Yeah. I I mean I I'm also no linguist. I don't maybe it was very accurate, but to me it just sounded like for the most part she was speaking in her normal voice and then throwing in mutter and fodder. Yeah. But then again, I mean even the other townspeople who were actually Norwegian or Scandinavian actors um their accents weren't terribly severe. No. So maybe it's not a super heavy accent in comparison with like English or American accents. <laughs> the Dutch. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, um, yeah, you know, uh, presumably it was always Isaac and his mom growing up. Isaac, Isaac, um, and so this is very uh, heartbreaking for him to hear. Um, but it seems like he takes it in stride, like less than a day later, like that night. She or. Uh, uh, Renat uh, invites them over to her house for dinner. Um, and it seems like that night he's fine. Like, like if I found out that my mom killed my dad and then took me to another country, um, I think I might hang. <laughs> I got money. <laughs> uh, I think I might hang on to that for a few days. Yeah, I mean, he does go and get trashed with the boys again. That's true. But that's after the old ball and chain starts acting up. <laughs> yeah, he definitely didn't start any shit with her. <laughs> he like It was just her being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that like that's another thing that's like, you know, we're talking about this kind of uh, generic plot line. And then that's another thing happens. Like he starts pulling away from his wife because she's like, you're being crazy. And he's like, fuck you. And then he's going to go like, I'm going to go out with my boys and they're going to tell me that I'm right. And you're the crazy one. And that's what happens. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, can we go home on an airplane now? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get nervous on airplanes. And that that I guess that's another underlying thing is they're really like working against the clock to to um get this house sold. Like they're only anticipating being there for a few weeks because she's so very pregnant that it's getting to a point where she wouldn't be able to fly anymore. Which I think is 7 months. Um and uh they said she was 5 weeks away, so Oh, okay. I I just remember because for Kristen's 30th, I wanted to fly her friend out here, and she was pregnant at the time, and so we were making sure that the the timing worked out. Um, Anyway. Um, So, yeah, just as time goes on, he's getting more and more, like, hypnotized by this town. Uh, He starts talking more and more about staying, and she's starting to freak out because she wants to get the fuck out of there. Um. Especially when they see start start seeing like this culty shit starting to happen. It's like a weird baptism. Yeah, you know they're all wearing robes, which is like very Nordic, I guess. But I don't know. It's still off putting. Yeah, it's like the twenty first century, guys. <laughs> At least I mean, I'll talk about the slumbering one, who I, I assume is Cthulhu. 
yeah, or, or some kind of of similar being. And that's my biggest complaint about this. I think is that this Lovecraft element with you know these the slumbering one or, or whatever it's called, which is clearly like this tentacled being who you never actually see. It's teased multiple times. Um, and, uh, you know, these townspeople worship this thing. And then, it, like you said, it, you never see it. It never goes anywhere. It's just these townspeople trying to appease this god or, or whatever it is most of this movie is very vague like all the way to the end yeah um i don't know yeah i mean that, that's kind of the general gist of it um yeah it's uh i don't know it didn't really go anywhere and it didn't really do much along the way that's a fact jack yeah very disappointed is the scene like to watch trailers and stuff, it seemed a lot more interesting than it actually was. Yeah, it's it's very kind of psychological and it's it's a it's kind of repetitive. It's just like wake up, argue with my wife, drink beer with the boys. Pretty much. And then repeat. Um and like you said, he just kind of, you know, gets deeper and deeper into this community and he's he's just, keeps talking about, you know, you you have no sense of community and a belonging and She's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've been here for three days. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know these people. Yeah. And she also has like a lot of really vivid nightmares, um, which seem to revolve around the slumbering one, which everyone in the town always says dream well. Right. So there's, there's something psychological going on there. And there's like her. this weird hentai tentacle porn moment. Yeah. Which, do women just, like, have radars for when that shit's on a TV? What? Every time something weird like that comes comes on the screen, that's the moment when Lynn walks in the door. Ah, yes. <laughs> and goes, what are you watching? <laughs> Every goddamn time. Tentacle porn, fuck off. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I've never had that much of that issue. A lot, of, a lot of times I watch these movies, like, when Kristen's still in bed. Mm. So, like, I'll, I'll usually wake up a couple hours before she does, bang them out before she gets gets. And then you watch the movies, huh? And then, and then watch a movie. Yep. <laughs> Just pound them out real fast. Pounding off in the nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get these phrases? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 got Babs in it, and she's she's always a delight. I mean, she's she, a peach. She does her work well. Um, I don't know. The two main characters, they so they. I feel like Sophie did. Uh, uh, Sophie Stevens. Yeah, or Sophie Stevens, uh, Emma. She, she seemed like she was doing all right. Uh, Ludovic Hughes. Um, Isaac, his character was a little more, I don't know. Deadpan? Yeah, just like there wasn't much to him. It didn't seem too interesting. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional. I don't see why it would be, but, um, and, and them together. Like, I feel like they didn't work well together. Like these, these, 
conversations they have like as a couple didn't seem authentic. Like maybe they just met that day and started like <laughs> filming. Yeah. All right. The bartender guy was really weird. Like the other guy, Gunnar, um, he was he was all right, but yeah, the the bartender guy was really weird. Yeah. Hallstein. Stein. I don't know. That's a good strong name. It's strong. <laughs> it's like I hear that name, I think like of a big, like tough guy, like a big Viking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With a big glory, <laughs> great big bushy beard. That's like braided. Yes. It's like two braids. <laughs> and it's bright red. <laughs> and his long hair is just blowing in the wind. Pretty sure we're just describing the guy from Lord of the Rings who's like, you have my axe. The dwarf? Yeah. Like that, but like not a dwarf. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, like tall. And like, like the not dwarf version of that. Yeah. Like that face, but on like, like Brock Lesnar's body. <laughs> but without the big penis tattoo. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> like 2004 Brock Lesnar. Got it. <laughs> when he was still called the next big thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, overall, hey. though, it was, it was really slow moving. Um, it was kind of boring, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it, it was boring. And like the ending... The ending didn't resolve anything. It was just, it was just it was kind of there. Some stuff that happened. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're doing this thing now, and uh, okay, well, that's it. Bye. But but, but why? <laughs> um, like, I seriously, like, the movie ended, and I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's it? That's the end? Yeah, Especially she, since it's only, like, 80 minutes long. Yeah. Especially when she's like, oh, you'll get used to it. Like, what? 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 <laughs> get, used, get used to what? Anyway. Like I said, the whole movie is, is ambiguous and, and vague right up until the very last frame. And it's it's a little confusing. Yeah. I don't really understand what anything was. Nothing felt like it mattered. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, how much longer are we going to do this, guys? Uh, 80, 80 minutes? <laughs> the, the ending, it was almost like, I think we can call it. It's good, right? <laughs> Let's go on today. Let's go home. We've got like six more pages. Yeah, we're out of money. <laughs> I don't know. Just just roll credits. Fuck it. <laughs> or it's just like, well, you know, we've done the almost the entire film, but yeah, we've got these six pages left. Like, all right, well, let's uh let's do this part and that part and we'll just just sum it up. <laughs> like, but this is the big finish. It's, it's, it's fine. What if she what if she says you'll get used to it? <laughs> oh, that's good. Like that implies there's more. But we just don't show it. Right. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah. It's uh I mean it's not terrible. It, it, it's not, I, no, it's not. It wasn't like like oh my god, this movie's awful. Or like what you know, a scene would happen, and you'd be like, "That's so stupid." Yeah, but it is. Um, you know, it's it's one where you're finding yourself reaching for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and I kept having, like, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, I was watching the movie, and Kristen came out like she had just woken up. She came out and 
it was the part when they were over at Renat's house. Is it Renat or Renat? I forget. Um, they are, and she's explaining this this concept of the the uh, slumbering one. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, and uh, like Kristen was was talking to me. It was like she wasn't like trying to be distracting or interrupting or anything. I just couldn't concentrate on both at the same time. But like I would rewind it. And start playing it again, and then she start talking again. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I'm back this up again. Uh, anyway, but it's like I, I was doing that. Like, okay, this sounds like it might be something important, so I need to hear this. If it was any other part, I'm just like, okay, well, I, I'll fill in the blanks later. Right. But that sounded important, and it totally wasn't. <laughs> um. Anyway. So yeah, uh, it's. Like it wasn't totally cringeworthy. I wasn't like aching to turn it off like I have with so many movies. But honestly, I think you could skip this one. <laughs> yeah. Um Especially since it's six ninety nine. It was? I think I paid like four ninety nine. Oh, six ninety nine on Google. It was on Google? Yeah. God damn it. For some reason, they sent me a $5 credit. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just rent this on Google. Oh. And I couldn't find it. Yeah, I had to um, like, I had to go through the Google search engine to find it. Because when I went to Google mo- Movies and searched for it, it didn't come up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was really weird. But when I like, go to Google.com and search for it, and then they have like the list of where to watch it, it was on there. Guess that's what I did wrong. Anyway. Keeping you up? Huh? Keeping you up? Don't you know I'm old? I gotta go to bed. <laughs> it's it's five o'clock. It's bedtime. Um, I don't know. Is three too harsh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go with your gut. I mean, do you do you, son? Yeah, let's say with three. All right, I'm giving it a five. Really? Yeah. All right. I just, I also, I, f- I found myself like just genuinely confused at parts because it was just like, here's a thing. And you're like, what's that thing? And it's just like, don't worry about it. So <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll get to it later. Like with the lights in the sky. And it was just like, there's lights in the sky. And it's like, that's weird, right? Oh, wait. Yeah. Boobs. Four. Got to give a point for boobs. Okay. <laughs> and not just boobs, like f- full on oh, yeah, everything. F- oh, yeah. It was a full e- frontal. Everything you need. And she was like shaved, so you just saw everything. You saw all of it. <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle, as it you were. You saw her caboodle, all right. <laughs> all right, moving on to... Uh, what are we, like 10 years old? Yes. <laughs> moving on to a new film from Jill Gavargazian. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Jill. <laughs> I know she doesn't listen to this, but still. Um, <laughs> I would say Givarjian. That That's how I would pronounce it. Well, I'm going to say Jill Six, the stylist. Hi. Right this way. So, what's the plan? I wish my hair would do that. But we all want what we don't have.
we all want what we don't have. This is amazing. Can't wait to see this with the dress. Oh, neither can I. <laughs> so, how's the wedding madness? Getting married turns you into such a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> I am actually nervous. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I love you. Tell me about you, Claire. I do hair. You get to go in and out of people's lives. You hear stories. The hairstylist. She's creepy. Doesn't Liv actually know her? You give life advice. Because we all want what we don't have. It's almost like having a family. Are you okay? As we mentioned earlier, this is a feature-length adaptation of a short film that Jill Six made. Uh, we did we originally see it at Crypticon? Is that the first place we saw it? Yes. Okay. Um, we both really enjoyed it. It's um, you know it's a, a real quick hitter, but it's um, it's good. Yeah, it was, I don't know, probably less than ten minutes, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I was very interested to see how they could adapt it into a feature length Mm -hmm. because the story is really, you know, it's really thin for the, in the short. And so I'm just like, well, how are they going to expand on this? And it's an interesting way that they took it. It's definitely not what I would have expected. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so this is the story of Chloe played by Najara Townsend, who also plays her in the short. She is a stylist of hair mostly hence the title um if not exclusively but she has a a strange little hobby where she likes to just cut people's scalps off and keep them and wear them for fun yeah she's out collecting scalps and that's pretty much the whole short yeah uh and that's I mean, you get that right away that's like the first 5 or 10 minutes of this movie yeah it's, it's, it's basically a reproduction of the short yeah so it's not like a big surprise. It's not, you know, a, a spoiler to say that that's what happened. I mean, you can look at the poster and see that. Mm. There's really never any explanation of why she does this. Yeah. It's just it's just kind of this weird thing that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she gets a text from her friend Olivia, played by Brea Grant. But I, I honestly didn't know she was in this. Really? Yep. She's a treasure. She is. She's she's a delight. I like her in most things that she's in. Agreed. Uh, but she she texts Chloe and says, "Hey, I have a wedding hair emergency. I need your help." And Chloe's like, "Well, I don't really do wedding hair." Um, but Olivia says, "You know, it it would mean the world to me. You would be my best friend if if you could do this." And so. After a day of contemplation, finally Chloe decides that she'll do Olivia's wedding hair. 
So Olivia comes in and she, you know, does it all nice. Which, but it's like a week before the wedding. So that like, that's that's a thing, is it? Yeah, it, it's basically they go into like test out styles and oh. decide on something. Okay, because yeah, she does come back later for the wedding, but um, so she, she does her hair doesn't cut her scalp off, right? <laughs> which is a new thing for her. seemingly, yeah. But um, Olivia says, "Hey." What are you doing tonight? My husband is, is going to be working late or something. Um, so, you know, I, I could really just use some girl time. Do you want to come over? And then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She like. So, I mean, you, you said that she's her friend. and I, I didn't they, get that. They, they, she's they her client. Okay. But she asked her because she's her usual hairdresser. I didn't know what the relationship was because I feel like if they were just a client, she wouldn't have her name and phone number saved in her phone. But I, they, they were definitely weren't close. Like, yeah, I said friend, but they definitely weren't close by any means. I think it's a thing, like, with women. You know, if they have, like, a hairstylist that they go to regularly, the stylist will usually keep their core of usual clients. That's true because another guy does text her later and she has his number too. Right. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, when you go get your hair cut, it's like... It's I click first available. <laughs> yeah, whoever's fucking working. But women, you know, they have the person they like, and they need to make sure they have a spot open, and, you know, all that, that stuff. That's true. I mean, at least, <laughs> at least with, with, with her. Actually, it's not even women. A lot of men do it, too. Like, guys that go to high... High price, uh, high priced uh, salons. salons and stuff. Yeah, they have like their stylist. I guess that makes sense. Okay, okay. So her her client Olivia. Yeah, I I, I I bring that up because I think it that sets the tone for the for the whole. No, that film. makes sense. That makes sense. Is that she's trying to befriend this woman? Yeah, yeah. So Olivia says, um, you know, she, well, she says, I wish I had somebody that I could show my hair off to. Yep. And it's just like, actually, what are you doing tonight? You want you want to hang out? You want to party? You want to kick it? Fucking and, uh, party! You you wanted to like do some drugs? <laughs> um, oh, she said she she asked if she wanted to see the dress in person because she showed her some pictures of her wedding gown. Yeah, and she asked if she wanted to see it in person. Yeah, come over, have some wine, and blah blah blah. You know, girl stuff. Yeah, <laughs> eat ice cream and talk about boys. Right. Um, play date night. So she she agrees. She goes over there. She's her dream. Dream date. That's what it was. The game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the one with the doorbell where you rang the doorbell? I think so, yeah. Um, pretty sure uh, Jeremy's sister had that. <laughs> Did they still make that game? Like when she was younger. Oh. Um, yeah, so she goes over there. She's so awkward. Mm-hmm. And she, like, she brings this bottle of wine. And, you know, Olivia's just, like, loosey-goosey hanging out in her ACDC t-shirt or whatever. Right. And she's like, hey, I brought, I bought pizza. I hope that's okay. And, um, Chloe's like, you know, she's so nervous about this wine. Like, I hope this is right. I hope this is good enough. And she's like, it's fucking wine. Let's get drunk, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it has alcohol in it, it's fine. <laughs> if it's wine, it's fine. I just made that up. Hey, you I'm going to put that on, right. a, on, a, on a, like, a piece of plywood. There you go. Sell it on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be a really fancy font. Um, Go through Word. Find the fancy font. You're not a big SNL watcher, right? Not really, no. There was this skit. It was the last week. Not at all. It was (laughs) the last week or the week before. And it was, you know who A.D. Bryan is? 
Mm-hmm. No. She's she's in that show Shrill on Hulu. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so it's, it's her birthday and everybody, they keep giving her these gift bags and they all have little signs in them. And they start out with things saying like, you know, if it's wine, it's fine and stuff like that. And it's like, I have a drinking problem and I need help. <laughs> and they just get like progressively more extreme as she pulls them out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chloe, like I said, is is super awkward and very like unsure of herself. She thinks, you, you're awkward. <laughs> she thinks everything she does, you know, she's very worried that it's not going to be good enough. Yeah, it's but, clear that she doesn't get out much. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you just be chopping scalps, yeah, you keep a low profile, <laughs> right? <laughs> But her and Olivia kind of start to, you know, build this friendship. Uh, Olivia invites her to her bachelorette party. But Chloe just wants to keep getting closer to the yeah. point where she's like getting a little obsessive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they'll show her text something to Olivia and then erase it and say something else or sometimes say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we've all done. But Oh, sure. <laughs> The worst is when you're like, you type something, and you're like, no, I don't want to send that. And then you accidentally send it. Yep. Well, okay, now we wait. <laughs> That's something that I just did. That's out there now. <laughs> How are they going to respond to that? It's like, uh, I guess we'll just... Kick- LOL, JK. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll just kind of wait and see what the blowback is on that one. <laughs> um... Let's see. So Chloe, uh, yeah, she she get, just kind of starts getting obsessed with Olivia. Um, you know, at her bachelorette party, she kind of gets some alone time with Olivia and basically says, "Hey, you know, we we should be closer friends, and these other people aren't your real friends, and we we should go running." Yeah, yeah. Olivia, I mean, you know, when you're drunk, you say things. And it's her like, bachelorette party, so she is turned. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Am I using that right? I mean, it sounds right. I'm a honky. What do I know? <laughs> Being flagged or something. Um, but yeah, she's like saying like uh, talking about her 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 husband to be. Um, how she like never saw herself getting married, and you know she worries that she's not able to be herself anymore, and. They said, uh, I, f- I forget if it was Olivia or Chloe who first says it, but like says that sh- she feels like Chris, was that his name? Charlie. Charlie. Um, the f- she feels like he interrupted her, like interrupted her, interrupted her in being her. Well, but- and he like literally interrupted her when he showed up that night when they were hanging out and she was like, this is, uh, this is Chloe. She's my hair. And he's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Like, he literally interrupted her. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Like, I took it kind of more as like a, um, not philosophical, metaphorical, um, that he, she had this, like, image of herself and this way she ran her life, and then when he got involved, that all of that was interrupted. That's how I interpreted it. No, see, I took it more literal because you could kind of see it in her face when he interrupted. She was kind of like, that was a dick move. Sure. Yeah. If there's one thing in life that I can't fucking stand or abide by is being interrupted. 
Like I think that is one of the most like like despicable and rude things you can do to a person is just talk over them or Yeah, totally. Them. So prick. <laughs> Oh yeah, well you okay. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> uh so yeah, like I said, Chloe just keeps getting more and more obsessed uh to the point where she like shows up the day before the wedding to Olivia's work and is just like, Hey, you know, I know you said you don't need any help, but I just wanted to be here and then says something about, you know, like maybe you shouldn't get married or something like that. Yeah. And uh Olivia's just like, I wouldn't let my own mother say something like that to me on the <laughs> day before my wedding. You need to back the fuck up. Yeah. But Chloe being Chloe doesn't. She just keeps pushing forward, breaks into her house, um, does some other stuff that I don't want. I won't give that away. <laughs> um, <laughs> during that scene, Lynn was like, is that your TV? <laughs> Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it took me a second to... Put all those pieces together, but yeah, okay. Yeah, Lynn was like, is that your TV? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Let's say yes. It's, but it's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it almost seems like she's like having withdrawals from, from scalping. Sure, yeah. Because <laughs> like at one point in the middle of the movie, she does finally like tear into somebody and she kind of has this release where she's just like oh finally you know mm-hmm. like it's like and it's like a drug addict yeah finally getting that hit um so yeah i mean i obviously don't want to give anything away the ending is it's you can spot it a mile away but though but yeah um yeah definitely not the direction i expected uh this to take with the adaptation of the short yeah, I mean, obviously it added the the element of Olivia. I mean, yeah, no. she's not in the the short. Yeah, so I mean, that just you know, adding a uh, another primary character like that, it can steer a, a story in a million different directions. But um, yeah, honestly, I I had no preconceived notions about this one. Like, I'm like. That that short was open ended enough to where it could have gone anywhere. Yeah, um, and so I kind of went into this blind. Like I said, I didn't even know Brea Grant was in it or Brea, excuse me. Um, but um, yeah, uh, you know, as I'm watching it, I'm getting like real serious vibes of like um, like maniac, not just because of the scalping, but also just the character where. You know, um, oh God, totally spacing on characters named Maniac. It's been so long since I've seen it, but um, not just the scalping, but like being like, like kind of an outcast, and you know, suddenly gaining this new f- acquaintance or friend, and not really knowing how to handle it. It's kind of being socially awkward, um, but still having this desire need to you know kill people or you know maim people and then also very strong uh, single white female vibe yeah uh to where she's like kind of getting so deep and enthralled in this other person's life or not not to the point where she's like taking over or trying to become her but just kind of she does wear her clothes though yeah that was weird um 
Anyway, I mean, like, I think it all worked pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this it, <clears throat> this movie is uh, an hour and forty five minutes long, which is strange for a, a, a short adaptation. I feel most of the time when they ad- adapt a short, it's a, on the shorter side of the movies because they're just like, "Well, is that it? Is that is that long enough? <laughs> is, that, is that a movie?" But this one, it's, it feels very deliberate. Like everything feels like it tells a bigger part of the story, mm-hmm. and it's not just. Um, it's not just stretching a short out into a, a longer feature length film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is, uh, you know, a, a credit to, to Jill. She's, um, she's actually a hairstylist by trade. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I, th- I don't know for sure, but I think the shop that they shot in was actually the one she works in. I, I don't know for that for sure, but, um, but you just say stuff. I do. I, I say a lot of things, and sometimes they're true. And I'm just like, oh, I'll chalk that up as a win. <laughs> it's like I knew that the whole time. That's why we don't do fact checks on this show. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, she's 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 also a director. But actually, I think I saw her say on like Twitter or Instagram not too long ago. She's like, you know, uh, I I am a director and a filmmaker, and you know this and that. But like my, I think I'm paraphrasing here, but like something like my, my calling is being a hairstylist. This is a direct stylist. quote, right? <laughs> yeah, she said, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> you know, quote, I'm paraphrasing, but um, something to that effect. Basically, she said. And the person she was talking to was like, do you know what paraphrasing means? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're doing. Anyway. She's a stylist. She's Essentially, a stylist. what she said is, yeah, she she is a director. Filmmaking but is her she, hobby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say filmmaking is a hobby. No. It's a very expensive and tedious hobby. <laughs> yeah. And fucking time consuming. And what, um, what I find interesting about this, and I thought about this with, with the short, too, is that, like, Chloe is is beautiful. Like, she has a full head of hair. So it's, someone who does this scalping thing, you know, she scalps them and she wears them. Yeah. You would think that it was like some kind of thing where she was losing her hair or, you know, had some kind of deformity or something. Mm -hmm. But I mean, she's got a perfect full head of hair and she's still. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, there's no real explanation to why she does this. Yeah. Like I, I kind of made mental notes about that throughout the entire movie is like, she's got the best hair in this entire movie. (laughs) Like I almost kept waiting for her to like, you know, pull her hair off or, out or something yeah like if she was you know in the process of losing her hair and so she started doing this to eventually cover up a bald head yeah and that's the thing it's like you mentioned it pretty early on that there doesn't appear to be any purpose or motivation or you know reason for her to do this um so that that's kind of something that i felt like was kind of left hanging through the entire movie um I, i feel like that's important is I mean, it's it's not like she's a you know like yeah, you Mike Myers like, or oh, something. She's socially awkward, so she cuts people's heads off. Like yeah. that's not a reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that worked in the short because you're kind of left thinking, oh god, you know why why is she doing this? Yeah, what's that about? And then you know you see the feature length, and it still doesn't get answered. Right. It's like, oh well, okay. Yeah, I, w- I would have liked some kind of reasoning for that. Um. There's not a lot of it, so I mean, don't go expecting you know her to just be like lopping off scalps left and right. Right. It's a very deliberate thing when she does do it. It's 
but like, it's gruesome. Yeah, there's one in particular where it's like very drawn out and rough to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's if you're looking for uh, for like blood and and gore, that's in here for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not to the to the degree of like a slasher movie or something. No, it's, but that's not what this movie is. Yeah, and uh, Jill gets her Hitchcock moment late in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although she's more directly involved in in the movie, so maybe it's more like a like a Tarantino moment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hitchcock was always just kind of in the background, right? Or Silas, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Silas. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I thought this was pretty good. It it is, you know, a, like I said, it's, it's a very deliberate movie, which does mean it moves kind of slow. Um, it's 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 not a slasher. It's not like a you know action-packed thrill ride right but um overall i thought it was pretty good yeah i i my biggest gripe was the fact that it was never explained why why she's doing this what purposes like not even a motivation to why she was doing it just what purpose it served yeah like actually you know what i mean this is is paper thin and and i'm i'm really pulling from from what i saw but it's like she would put on these women's scalps and she would talk to herself in the mirror and say things that these women told her so i don't know if maybe putting on their hair or any of their scalps kind of made her pretend she was something else someone yeah else. i mean like we said she she's clearly very unsure of herself and you know maybe maybe she's self-loathing and so that is a, you know it's like putting on a, a mask or a disguise mm-hmm. and so yeah that that's the, the only thing that i could come up with too yeah. i mean that's kind of you know it's it's piecing things together it's not something that you're directly told in any way but yeah the the biggest explanation or the best explanation i could come up with was that she was um you know self-loathing and and didn't want her life anymore so it was a chance to kind of escape it was a it was an escapism for you know however long yeah, yeah did, I mean, did you notice the the one time she puts one of them on down in her basement and she says like that glass ceiling's a real bitch or something like that yeah which was the line from the short yeah i was like oh, that's a cute little easter egg yeah i wasn't sure at first and i had to think about it i'm like did, yeah that was that was in the short um <clears throat> and i remembered it being a blonde woman because in, in the in, in this, it was it was a brunette with like a short bob. Mm-hmm. In that, it was a, bl- a blonde with longer hair. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so um. Yeah, I mean, like she she clearly lives a very solitary and lonely life. Um, I mean, she lives in this apartment, or I guess I guess the house, but it's like a really run down and ramshackled house with her tiny little rat dog. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I guess, you know, she gets these women sitting down in their chairs or in her chair, uh, you know, telling them about all these things they have going on in their life. And, um, you know, maybe that's just her way of living their lives vicariously yeah, or, you know, fantasizing about living their lives. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that's that's something I didn't really 
take into account or consider as it's I was watching I had, it. But it's something I had thought about and I had completely forgotten about until you mentioned it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, having that now that I've kind of talked through it, I think I, I'm a little more satisfied. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, it was, it was a pretty, pretty solid movie. And like, I think this is Jill's first feature. Is it? I don't know. I believe so. Um, oh, apparently this did just come out. I thought it didn't come out until the, this summer. But. Yeah, no, I, I realized that it came out like two days ago or something yeah. like that. Uh, March 1st. Um, did you confirm or deny that this is her first day, first feature? Uh, I see a lot of shorts. Um, there's something here, dark web. I'm not sure what dark that web. is. Dark web. <laughs> no, I like, and like I said, it's an hour and 45 minutes, but it doesn't drag. It doesn't, it doesn't feel super long. Like I said, everything, everything that happens is very deliberate and it's very, um, you know, it adds to the story. So it's not really like there's scenes where you're just like, why is this here? What does this have to do with anything? I'd argue that there are a handful of slow scenes. There are a couple of scenes that probably could have been shorter. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was such a long movie, 142, is that what it was? 144, I think. Um, That's including credits and stuff. So Sure. Uh, but, you know, I mean, when, you, when you've got a final cut and you need to cut it down, every second is, is rough to cut out. But I feel like there were some scenes that kind of dragged on a little bit too much and some that probably could have just been taken out entirely and cut down and, you know, you eat away at it, like maybe 30 seconds or a minute at a time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but aside from, I mean, it, 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 it didn't distract from the movie. You didn't lose, uh, lose pace with the, the, the plot. Um, there's just some scenes seemed a little, little dragged out, but no, I mean, overall, I, I I was uh, very pleased with this. I, I thought it was, I thought it worked really well. Told a good story, um, and uh, you know, Najara and Brea both played their roles really well, and I think they worked well together too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, playing two very different people. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. I think that's all I got. Okay, she did do Call Girl. I thought so. Couldn't remember. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, apparently it's, it's out now. Um, I don't know where you can watch it, but... Probably your usual VOD outlets. I would think so. Um, and check out the short, too. Is it uh, accessible? I don't know. Okay. Let's fucking Google it. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's it. Oh, God. It's two from 2016. Short. Yep. Oh, it looks like the short was in a um, 
collection of shorts called Watch If You Dare. Never heard of it. Me neither. But you could probably track that down. Ouch. First review. Two stars. It doesn't get much worse than this. There it is. The shortest review I've ever written. <laughs> this is for Watch If You Dare, not the stylist. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode uh, where we're going to be watching what, Taylor? It's going to be our annual St. Patty's Day episode. Oh, that's right. We're going to be talking about a couple of Irish horror movies, namely Wakewood and Extraordinary. That's right. Remember... Where you're green, tiny little pinches. <laughs> tiny little pinches. Pinches. <laughs> pinches. Pinches. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? Best place to find us is at greatplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check us out on. <laughs> Zoom tight. On Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube is Great Plot Podcast, or on Twitter is Grave underscore Plot. And of course, check out patreon.com slash Great Plot Podcast for some exclusive content. Hella exclusive. Hella. <laughs> Cracking yourself up over there? Just uh, trying to get a reaction. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So until we meet again, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxen, waxen. Give me down to there, shoulder length longer. Shoulder length longer, dear baby.